Friends, Romans, and sports fans, lend me your ears. Boston loses another. Mookie Betts, the 2018 American League MVP, is traded to the Dodgers shortly before spring training starts. Now Tom Brady is going to sign with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yes, Tom Brady, six foot four, two hundred and twenty-five pound, six-time Super Bowl winning QB, who was drafted 199th overall in the sixth round in 2000. Now 42 years old and 43 by the time next season rolls around. Last year he was paid a mere 14 million. Had a 61% completion percentage last year, which amazingly is his lowest since 2013. And threw for 4,057 yards, 24 TDs, and 8 interceptions, with a QB rating of only 88. His lowest since 2013. In a nice gesture, the Patriots, on an electric billboard outside Gillette Stadium, put up a message that reads, Thank you, Tom, the greatest of all time. With love, the Kraft family, and the New England Patriots. Oh, hoo, hoo, yeah. This is the Catch My Eye podcast. Begins on Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. We will always have mercy on your ears. All you who listen, profess yourselves enemies to all other joys which the most precious square of sense possesses, and find that this alone felicitates your dear highness's love. Amen. Of course, we maybe you don't want to be talking about how Boston loses another, right? Because obviously, Boston is in championships at least has been creaming LA <laughs> in recent championships. Also, the R- Los Angeles Rams are losing another and another and another. <laughs> we'll see what happens, but. So far, free agency has not treated the Rams kindly. We will talk about that in the state of the NFC West today. And thank goodness for the NFL free agency, right? Otherwise, nothing to talk about. Like, with the coronavirus, the NFL just must love the coronavirus, right? Now, of course, I'm being sarcastic, but hey... No competition whatsoever <laughs> with any other sports for the NFL free agency. Like, normally, NFL free agency, at least you have what MLB is about to start up. So you, you have fans excited about that. You have the NBA winding down, getting to the playoffs, playoff seating jockeying going on. None of that, right? Not like the NFL really needed to have the stage to all to itself because obviously it's way more popular than either of the other two major sports but nevertheless all eyes are really focused on the sports work because what else can you talk about well I guess we could talk about the Iditarod and how it 
recently lost one of its major sponsors. The, you know, the, uh, one of the dealerships in one of those little towns up there in Alaska. So we could talk about the Iditarod, but I think possibly the NFO free agency is a little more conducive to listeners' interests. But no, I forgot. We do need to do something else before we get to the NFC West and the LA Rams. And now I prithee, take off thy dunce cap, put on thy gown of wisdom, because it is time for the quiz. Okay, we all know the big one, right? The big news of NFL free agency was, as mentioned, Mr. Thomas Edward. No, Mr. Thomas Edward Patrick Brady Jr. Going to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. TB12 going to TBB. And so what else could we have this next quiz question on but Mr. Tom Brady and now aged 42, 229 days. Born on August 3rd, 1977. Probably some of you know that he go, went to Michigan. Perhaps not all of you know that he went to Wanipra Serra High School in San Mateo, California. Now, Wanipra Serra High School in San Mateo, California. Also home, or also the alma mater of some other people. Other persons, excuse me. Individuals in the NFL Specifically, David Bakhtiari, who the cheeseheads around the nation will know as being the offensive tackle for the Packers. And a pretty darn good one at that, too. At least as far as my limited knowledge goes. But we have another much more famous San, or whatever, Sarah High School in San Mateo, California. Alumnus. And that's who I'm going to ask you to name, right? So email catchmyeyepodcast at gmail.com. And if you give me the name of this very famous whatever Sarah High School graduate, give you a hint. Born in 1952, went to USC. He was very recently involved in UCLA, er, excuse me, USC athletics. It was his tenure did not last the whole very, did not last very long. It was lots of kind of controversy surrounding the tenure. Kind of heavily criticized, but he was a really, real good football player in 1981. Uh, Walter Payton award winner. Uh, he was a one-time All-Pro player, three-time Pro Bowl player uh, in the Hall of Fame, four-time Super Bowl champ, played from 1974 to 1982, a wide receiver. Come on, I think you, you guys should be able to get this. Give me the name of 
this guy who went to the same high school as Tom Brady. And you will get a free tie if you are the first one to email catchmyipodcast at gmail.com. Okay. We now move on to the answer of Saturday's question. And by the way, I apologize uh, for skipping out on Tuesdays. Uh, Yeah. Tuesdays did not work out so well. Number one, Tuesday, I did not have internet access to publish the podcast because of the coronavirus. Libraries were shut down. So did not have access to do the uh, podcast and upload it. And then on Wednesday, I was going to do, or I was going to record a the episode that should have been on Tuesday, and I did, and then the recording went bad. So that one got canceled, and we're on to Thursday. We'll see if I can publish it today, right? Uh, so I apologize for that. But Saturday's question had to do with we were going back to 1994. That was uh, the 1994 uh, strike that started on August 12th, and then the season got canceled on September 14th. It's the eighth time since the first work stoppage in 1972. There has been there have been no work stoppages since that disastrous uh, 1994 strike. But we were talking about Bobby Bonilla, the third baseman for the Mets. And if he had received, if there had been no strike, we're asking you how much he would have received in his contract. Because Bobby Bonilla was the highest paid player in the major leagues that year. Now the answer to that would be $6,300,000. That was the highest paid contract. Or the highest contract it, back in 1994. Number two was Ryan Sandberg, 5975000 He was second baseman for the Cubs. Number three was Joe Carter of the Blue Jays, him of the walk-off home run in the World Series just a couple years before. 5500000 Rafael Palmeiro, five million four hundred six thousand six hundred and three dollars. <laughs> I wonder if I got the extra three dollars. Oh boy. Uh, Cal Ripken was no, at, went at number five, five million four hundred thousand. So he just came in underneath Rafael Palmeiro by six million. Sorry, six thousand six hundred and three dollars. And number six was Roberto Alomar. Of the Blue Jays, he got the interesting sum of five million three hundred and thirty-three thousand three hundred and thirty-four dollars. But you get the idea; they're all very close, right? Uh, should we look at the current highest-paid players? Okay, we'll see if that they actually get paid this amount, because obviously, it's pretty darn sure that's not going to be. Uh, the season's not going to be 
the full season this year, unfortunately, because of this coronavirus thing that perhaps you may have heard about. But let's just look at it. Mike Trout, highest paid player. He's receiving $37.7 million this year. I mean, without this. We'll see what happens again. Because it's not going to be a full season. But yeah, $37.7 million with Mike Trout. He's on a 12-year, $426.5 million contract. <laughs> Two is Garrett Cole with $36 million. Full contract it's from 2020 to 2028. Nine years, $324 million. Three is Max Scherzer at $35.9 million. Four, Zach Greinke and Steven Strasburg are each being paid $35 million. Oh, as is Nolan Arenado. And Justin Verlander is being paid $33 million. David Price of the Dodgers and Manny Machado of the San Diego Padres. Them poor San Diego Padres who are always trying to break out of the shadow of the Los Angeles Dodgers. Unsuccessfully, of course. They're both getting paid $32 million. David Price and Manny Machado. And then Clayton Kershaw brings up the rear. At the Palt... Uh, Paltry number 10, $31 million. He signed a contract for this year and then next year because he's signed a three-year contract before the beginning of last year. Okay. And back in 1994, the highest paid was $6,300,000. By the way, Bobby Bonilla. Bobby Bonilla, he was okay. I mean, no, he was good. Uh, he was a three-time Silver Slugger, six-time All-Star. Won the 1997 World Series. He was a third baseman primarily, but also right fielder and first baseman. Uh, he was... Uh, he was not going to be close to the Hall of Fame. He barely got any votes. 0.4% of the 2000. It's one year on the, uh, the... on the Hall of Fame ballot in 2007. So, yeah. Not going to be there, but... He was, yeah. You know, he had a very satisfying career. He's also having a very satisfying postseason, post career, as I will tell you about in a little bit. But yeah, he massed 2,010 hits. That's pretty darn good, right? So, and in fact, right around this time that we're talking about the was probably his best seasons in 1995. He batted uh, three. He batted in the around 330. We'll just say because he went to three teams, so I'm not sure what exactly his total was, but it was right around 330. That's pretty darn good, right? Uh, the other years, six he batted 287, 1996, 1997, 297. Actually, is real. Uh, 1998 through 1991. 1988 to 91. He had some pretty darn good years, at least judging from the awards that he got. And then in those, he had four consecutive All-Star appearances. But, 
Mr. Roberto Martin Antonio Bonilla, his most famous contribution to baseball, at least for today's uh, fans, is the annual deferred payments that he is getting from the New York Mets. He signed him to a bad contract right at the end of the year. And so right now, every year on July 1st, <laughs> they, the Mets bought, and back in 2000, they bought out Benia's $5.9 million contract. And so, every year on July 1st, he gets paid $1.9 million annually from 2011 to 2035. $1.19 million annually from 2011 to 2035 from the Mets to Bobby Bonilla long after he he retired in 2001. That was his last game when he was age 38 and 226 days and lousy. But yeah. And of course, of course that means the Mets are now subject to ridicule but because every July 1st they get to pay 1.19 million to this dude but it, it worked out I mean they made a it was a bad situation but it was probably the best that the Mets could have done uh, they actually did some pretty good stuff with the money that they they that they freed up by deferring Benia's payments way far down the road and of course ended up paying quite a bit more of course obviously Benia uh, the money means a lot less he actually if he if he had accept, Benia accepted 5.9 million 2,000 invested the entire amount at 8% interest he would have grown. That would have grown to 144.1 million by 2035. And if he takes his annual pay, now he's taking his annual payment of 1.19 million. So if he take and if he takes that annual payment and invests it with an 8 percent annual return, he would have 95.2 million by 2035. So they did some pretty good. Uh, I mean, it, it was not. It was fairly. It was a fairly shrewd financial decision for the New York Mets. Not that what I was saying meant a whole lot, but because yeah, who knows what happens with the investments and stuff. But they, as I said, achieved the financial flexibility necessary to acquire players, and they got they got to the World Series the year that year. So it was, now, of course, you know, it's, everybody likes to laugh on Bobby Bonilla Day on July 1st, but it actually kind of worked out for the New York Mets. All right, enough with Bobby Bonilla. Let us get to the current state of affairs in the National Football League, because we have the Los Angeles Rams, who at this point uh, are hemorrhaging players quite badly. 
So let's take a look at the state of affairs for the LA Rams. Of course, they just released Todd Gurley. And uh, Todd Gurley obviously had a bad year last year. Not not really a surprising move. He is still a, but he is still a star. Um Obviously, also knee problems. So, uh, I mean, they, the Los Angeles Rams are just cap strapped. So, that's also why they released Mr. Clay Matthews, the former Green Bay Packer and USC star. And, of course, uh, yeah, in 2019, he only averaged 3.8 yards per carry. And rushed for 857 yards. Of course, the year before that. Whew, he rushed for 12, 1,251 yards and 17 touchdowns. But again, that knee problem was a big deal. And so that is why they're releasing him, just to get rid of money. By the way, and Clay Matthews. But, Todd, as I said, Clay Matthews, or sorry, Todd Gurley is not the only notable player the Rams have either gotten rid of, or moved on, signed elsewhere, whatever you want to call it. But, uh,. As I said, they also released Clay Matthews, who had eight sacks in 13 games. So he was a, obviously old, off injured, but he had a pretty darn good year last year for them. What else has happened to Rams? To the Rams, they have they signed Leonard Floyd, who. Got three sacks last year for the Bears. He was a yeah, he was a bust. He was a draft bust for the Chicago Bears. One year, ten million dollars. He basically replaces Dante Fowler Jr. because Mr. Dante Fowler Jr. is going to the Atlanta Falcons on a three-year, forty-eight million dollar deal. As they said, or as they didn't say, but. Dante Fowler Jr., who had 11.5 sacks for the Rams last year. Obviously a key piece. And so that's why they need to take the bet on Leonard Floyd, see if he can start producing like his high draft status. Uh, said he would. Now they did resign a couple offensive linemen. Andrew Whitworth, three-year deal... Pretty old, but he's, he's he kind of had a down year last year, but he's still pretty good. Austin Blythe, one of the be- their better offensive linemen. But again, their offensive line last year was not very good. So I mean, they do resign their better offensive linemen, but not like they got any. Do they really get uh, a lot of help? They're going to need to improve. The offensive line is going to need to improve from last year. Uh, they also did sign Ashawn Robinson, 
for him to try the defensive tackle, and that's pretty good because, as I said, they've been hemorrhaging players massively, on the, especially on the defensive side. Uh, they declined to exercise the option on Calroby Coleman, he of the NFC Championship versus the New Orleans Saints famed hit. That was not called for pass interference fans, or that was not called for defensive pass interference. That made entire the entire New Orleans community, including Gail Benson, uh, go into a childish temper tantrum. Of course, since they're all adults, it was not it was not confined to say beating your head against the wall. They did a lot more damage than that, but. Yep. He they so they declined it on the Cal Robin Coleman. By the way, he also went to USC. Uh, they lose their linebacker Corey Littleton. He was very good last year for the Rams. He goes to the Raiders. Michael Brockers, key member of the defensive line, goes to the Ravens. So, yeah, that's three key guys. Michael Brockers, Corey Lindleton, and... Uh, now I'm blanking on his name. Oh, yeah, Clay Matthews. I'll play key uh, parts of that. Uh, boy, I'm blanking now. Key parts of the on the defense last year. Of course, not that they were particularly great, but... Maybe it's just a makeover. They do have a new defensive coordinator. Wade Phillips is gone, as Rams fans will obviously know. But adding the Kelroby Coleman in there, Rams off the Rams offseason. It is. It's become increasingly defined by the fact that they just can't afford to re-sign players. Because they're up against the cap. Think, like, you know, the whole huge Derek Goff contract, right? <laughs> uh, that's why they're getting rid of Todd Gurley. Not that I'm saying it's a huge loss. Because I said that knee's very problematic. Still, we'll see what happens the rest of the year, but... I don't know. It's looking like the Rams might be going toward a rebuild next year. Uh, meanwhile, the other three members of the NFC West have had considerably better starts to the NFL free agency. Let's just say that. Let's start with the San Francisco 49ers, who, as we all know, to the Super Bowl lost to the uh, Kansas City Chiefs and they did trade DeForest Buckner to the uh, Indianapolis Colts by the way we'll see what happens with uh, see what Frank Reich head coach and Philip Rivers can do together that should be very interesting uh, but yeah they, they, they do trade DeForest Buckner to the Indianapolis Colts. But they do get the number 13 pick in return. So, hmm. And, meanwhile, and other than that, they've pretty much just 
taking care of business. Basically, we signed their players. They get Eric Armstead get on a five-year contract. Jimmy Ward stays. Yep. So that's pretty darn good. They're just trying to go back for another run. I mean, they have a Super Bowl winning. Or they have a Super Bowl making team. They got to the Super Bowl, didn't win it. They did. They do get Tom Compton, a guard. Uh, so they released uh, their starting guard and signed uh, Tom Compton. And no, that's not the former president of the National Hot Rod Association, just so everyone knows. But the San Francisco 49ers is a fairly low-key. I mean, I guess you you can say that DeForest Buckner is a... The DeForest Buckner trade is not a big deal, but... Uh, that's... They've done it. They've obviously not even close. They're pretty much keeping together most of the band. Not a whole lot of action from them. Arizona Cardinals. Whoo! What about the Arizona Cardinals, right? DeAndre Hopkins to the Arizona Cardinals. That's going to be very, very interesting with Cliff Kingsbury and his holding passing system. Kyler Murray, they should be a very fun offense to watch, right? DeAndre Hopkins, one of the best wide receivers in the National Football League. And th so they're going to they definitely we signed a couple players, including Kenyon Drake, the running back. They they're poised for, for more than what what did they win five games last year? They're also they were involved in many close games as well last year. They're going to be poised to make. They're going to be put. Uh, I mean, obviously, I don't know the over under. I don't, but I could see them do, getting to nine and seven. Of course, they're also in a tough division with uh, their other San Francisco and Seattle. But I see the Arizona Cardinals is making a big jump next year. Also, they get Jordan Phillips, who's a pretty darn. Uh, it was pretty darn good for the Bills last year. Nine and a half sacks. Three or thirty million dollar deal with the Arizona Cardinals. They've done very well, and now the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, the Seattle Seahawks. Not in not making like any of these, you know, big. Uh, no big moves for the Seattle Seahawks. But it's not like not like necessary that they need to either. Uh, they have, but they have made some pretty nice ones. Even though it's not again, not as I said, not huge. Don't need to make them because, except for injuries, obviously that's a killer for everyone. They they have a Super Bowl. Uh, they could have gone to the Super Bowl last year. Because that kind of goes out the window when, you know, like your two running backs both go down with season-ending injuries. Like, you know, 
he ended up with the fourth leading rushing offense, but when you know Chris Carson and Rashad Penny both go down, I think you're kind of stuck with right Travis Homer and Marshall signing Marshall Lynch, who would not play for some time. Chris Carson with 1,200, who ended up with 1,200 yards, 1,230 yards, goes down. Ooh, that's kind of a problem. Of course, they also had tons of other injuries as well. Their offensive line was a complete mess uh, at the, by the end of the year. That was it was horrible, but they were, the injuries that they were dealing with also probably added something to do with the fact that their rushing offense was nil in the two uh, playoff games. They still basically took the and they still took the Green Bay Packers down to the wire. Oh, it would have been a awesome game to see the San, another San Francisco 49ers Seattle Seahawks NFC Championship game. That would have been great. And I would, have, of course, I am the 12, but <laughs> they would have. It would have the San Francisco Seattle Seahawks. If they had remained healthy, which obviously they were just completely banged up by the end of the year, have not even gone close into full depth of what they were dealing with uh, by the end of last year, they would have been an awesome Super Bowl team. The but this year they first of all before before all this happens, they get Greg Olson. Now Greg Olson. He's a pretty darn good football player. He is old. Uh, but nevertheless, <clears throat> you combine that with Will Disley's going to be coming back. He was very good before his... Let's see, hopefully he can be now be healthy. And but when he's been playing, he's been really good. He, they're going to have a loaded tight ends group. With uh, they bring They bring back Luke Wilson, the... Veteran leader, uh, pass blocking. Also, Jacob Hollister. You, nobody really stepped up at the end of the year to give uh, Russell Wilson some kind of target. But that Greg Olson uh, signing, very good, very good. Three-time Pro Bowler with the uh, Carolina Panthers. One of the t top tight ends, uh, ranks fifth. And tight and catches, all-time catches and with tight ends with 718 and receiving yards. They trail. He trails Tony Gonzalez, Jason Witten, Antonio Gates, Shannon Sharp. Pretty in both categories. That's pretty good uh, company to be in. Let's just put it that way. So again, he is old, but they're going to have a real, real, real good. Uh, tight end core next year, the Seattle Seahawks, as well as uh, as well as receive as well as receivers with Tyler Lock and uh, DK Metcalf. We'll see if they can uh, if anybody else picks up David Moore. They've also they haven't really lost anybody. Two guys they've lost is George Fant. He was their sixth. Offensive lineman, he would come in uh, with a run package. 
with a run package if they wanted six offensive linemen or if he was if it was going to it was basically their first sub in. So he was he was in there a lot, but definitely replaceable. And they did replace him, right? Uh, in fact, this year they've, or this offseason they've now, they're up to the three, third offensive lineman, Brandon Shell. Uh, BJ Finney, Cedric Oboogie, Ogbui, Ogbui, I think that's how you pronounce it, but not completely sure. Uh, so obviously they're going to rebuild their offensive line. Uh, Jermaine Fetty, their draft first round draft pick is pretty much out the door. Uh, yeah, he's definitely a bust. Uh, they do. Now, Quentin Jefferson, he was on the D-line. So that's... And he was decent for them. That was the second major player that they lost, Quentin Jefferson. Who did he go to? The Bills? But, again, they do resign Jaron Reed, who is a key piece. Uh, they definitely need. They definitely needed him to come back. They bring back Bruce Irvin, who had been with the Seahawks. Uh, he was their first-round pick some time ago, the early 2000. What was it, 2012 or 2013, somewhere like that? Uh, he was he was very he was productive for the. I'm not gonna say he's great, but he was pretty com- he was competent as a pass rusher. He's defensive end that should help boost the pass rush. Pass rush. They should. We'll see if they have. We'll see if they're able to bring back Jadavian Clowney. Looks like the market is looking better and better for Jadavian Clowney, at least for the Seahawks. Because it looks like Jadavian Clowney has not received the money or the offers that he expected to receive. So, yeah, if he, if he can come back, ooh, their pass rush should be quite a bit better than last year. But, may, but also, they have been keeping... House, they have been resigning the players uh, that they have that they need to come back, and which is very, which is uh, very good. Uh, as I as I said, Luke Wilson, uh, as well as Jaron Reed, uh, an offensive lineman. So. The LCX, they did not really need to like make this major overhaul. You could, which some now their defense, yeah, that does remain a question mark. Obviously, they had way too many close games last year. They had way too many close games. Defense does need an improvement. Uh, they allowed. 24.9 points per game, so not very good, not very good at all. But even with that, they were with if they been able to keep someone healthy, they would. I I think there's a real good chance. I mean, they they almost made it to the playoffs or the NFC Championship game. Yeah, they would they would have been in a quite a bit better position coming into the playoffs. Instead, they were the number five seed. 
Oh, it looks like the Seattle Seahawks are going to be real good next year. As I said, basically the San Francisco 49ers, basically they're keeping the team together with the exception of DeForest Buckner. But again, as I said, they get the 13th pick from 13th pick in this year's draft from the Indianapolis Colts. They're going to be really good next year. Arizona Cardinals, big addition in DeAndre Hopkins. Their offense will be very fun to watch. We'll see what happens with their defense. Seattle Seahawks, they would have been fun to watch this year. They were they were kind of relegated to, yeah, big underdogs in the playoffs because of all those injuries. So, again, if they are able to stay somewhat healthy, they're going to be awesome next year. Pretty much kept the band together as well as some uh, additions, obviously offensive line. They're gonna ma they're making some overhauls since they added three offensive linemen. But a nice addition in Bruce Irvin and good and comeback and making sure that Jaron Reed comes back. Two guys that the lost very replaceable. Los Angeles Rams. They are hemorrhaging players left and right. Especially on the defense. They are just they don't they're out of cap room. That's why Todd Gurley is gone. And Clay Matthews, Michael Brockers, Corey Littleton, Nikel uh I guess Nikel Roby Coleman. Is he I don't know we'll see if I'm not sure. They declined the option on the Kobe Coleman, so I'm not sure exactly what that means. But again, the okay, so he is coming back. He's in the final year of a th final year of a 15.7 million three-year 15.7 million dollar deal. Oh no, no. Okay, so he's becoming an unrestricted free agent. Um, excuse me. It was a two. It was. A the third year was an option for the Rams. They declined it. So, yeah. Kyle Robbie Coleman, I guess they could re-sign him, but obviously they didn't want to pay him that much. It looks like they're kind of at the Los Angeles Rams are, at this point are kind of entering a rebuild. You don't want to... Sean McVay, of course. You don't want to ever count Sean McVay out, right? But other than the Rams... I mean, they do still have Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. We'll see what happens with Brandon Cooks. Uh, if he gets traded or not. But other than the Rams, no one around the NFL has ever really been all that high on Jared Goff. Uh, yeah, I'm not really sure. About the... It could, I could easily... I'm. I'm not going to be surprised at all if the Los Angeles Rams end up last in the NFC West. Let's just put it that way. And of course, they could make a big splash. Somehow, I don't see that happening. Uh, I do see, and I, by the way, Jadavian Clowney has not re-signed with anyone, or not signed with anyone. 
as I said, the market looks quite a bit better for the Seattle Seahawks. If he could, if he comes back on board, that'll really help the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, I don't really, I don't really see the Los Angeles Rams really making another move. But of course, I'm not privy to any <laughs> sort of front office machinations or moves or whatever you want to call it. As I said, it's not... This is... In a way, it's like the Golden State Warriors entering their new Chase Center in San Francisco with a obviously obviously a big thud. They don't even hate it. Heck, they don't even get to end their losing season, right? <laughs> because of the coronavirus. But they're set up very, very nicely for next year when, when they get to come back, when Clay Thompson gets to come back, right? They'll bring back some... They're going to get a high draft pick, right? Oh, and by the way... And, and uh, but the Los Angeles Rams, the... Mm, they just kind of... They just kind of dumping salaries. Either that or they're letting people go just because they can't afford them. Uh, obviously, Clay Matthews and Ty Gurley were literally a salary dump. The other ones, they just let him go in free agency. And, as I said, they enter SoFi Stadium next year. Well, assuming they get to play, because assuming the coronavirus is finally ended and we're able to resume, which are normal course of events, which is not a given, obviously. I also forget, but it's not looking so hot for Los Angeles Rams fans. By the way, I do also want to mention the fact that Mr. CLCX also signed Josh, signed Josh Norman. So, Josh Norman, that's a, that's, they already have Quandry Diggs from they got in the when Detroit wanted to dump him. Josh Norman, let's see if he can recapture some of that magic from a couple years ago. So they're putting together the pieces of in several places a revamped defense that can t at least turn him into a halfway decent <laughs> prospect and basically get the get out of the way of which should be a pretty it's a loaded offense. Let's just put it that way. Arizona Cardinals, Seattle Seahawks, San Francisco 49ers. Prospects are looking mighty good for next year. Okay. Oh, wow. 47 minutes. What have I done? Mm. I was going... Okay. T next Saturday, what are we going to talk about? We need to talk about the rest of the NFL. So we had some big moves, right, in the rest of the NFL, not just in the NFC West. How about the Indianapolis Colts, the Buffalo Bills, the, <laughs> the Detroit Lions trying to make up, make, get the New England Patriots, 
yeah, obviously the what happened with Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the New England Patriots, right? We have tons of stuff to get to on Saturday. Mm, looks like I get went way over here. Bef- all right. Uh, I do want to thank you for listening, by the way. If you have any comments, just email them to me at catchmyeyepodcast@gmail.com or any questions or whatever you want to talk about. Yeah. Of course, also email that answer to me. But who was that guy? Famous football player who went to Winnipeg High School in San Mateo, California. Same school as Thomas Edward Patrick Brady Jr. Okay, also before I get out of here, I do want to thank the Blessed Trinity and the Holy Family. My guardian angel, my patron saints Francis Haver and James the Greater. Also my family, my grandmother, and my uncle. Finally, Brian Seaman, fortunately, is sidelined by the coronavirus, as is Adam Oslin and Noah Eagle, all expert at their jobs. And finally, uh, Michael Madden, who's also who's also really helped me with this podcast. And also, just remember, none of the opinion is theirs, right? None of it. So do not ascribe it to them, okay? It's all mine. And with that, we'll see you on Saturday. More NFL free agency talk. Woohoo! Right? Bonsuelo. The Catch My Eye podcast is dead, my lord. That's but a mistake. You lords and noble friends know our intent. What comfort for this intervening time shall be applied. Nevertheless, your present business is general woe. Friends of my soul, you the Gord State sustain until we meet again a few days from hence. Email catchmyeyepodcast at gmail.com. I have a journey, lords, shortly to go. My master calls me. I must not say no.